Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented by the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer, Fables Around the Table, or any of the other content we create, please consider becoming a patron. Get access to the patron VIP channel on our Discord server, extended Q&A episodes, and a patron-exclusive monthly podcast, Derailed Off the Rails, now all on the single $5 subscription tier. Head over to patreon.com slash projectderailed for more info. Previously on uh, Tales of the Voidfarer. Who stranded you here? <laughs> Yastrara the Remorseless, Captain of Blacketh Skull. Ravnus tenses. No, we shouldn't get involved in this. I don't understand. You have a ship that can save our lives and you won't do it. I think those guys might have dropped something. Merrick holds up a piece of parchment. You see a glyph and suddenly Merrick vanishes. Not our boy. Oh, they're taking him hostage. Bralmera, the Duragar, is holding a dagger of shadowy magic to Merrick's throat. I wanted to do this peacefully, but you didn't give us any other choice. So who's ready to engage in some escapism from all of this ice and snow to play mm. in the ice and snow planet? Yeah. <laughs> Got to play some Mario Sunshine after this. I know, I know. We're starting this episode by talking about the weather. The most banal yeah. thing. I hope everybody's real locked in. Cold enough for you? <laughs> we're, we're interrupting the cliffhanger of Merrick being held hostage with a discussion about the winter weather and how much it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll cut all this banter like I did last episode. No, embarrass yourself. I like this. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> the listeners need to know we've officially run out of ideas for banter. <laughs> Look, this is what happens when it's left up to me. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm planning an entire epic story here for you guys. And the least you can do is help be charismatic, <laughs> warm up the audience at the top of our episode. <laughs> How can we do that when it's so cold? Oh, yeah. full circle. Full circle. <laughs> oh, the callback. <laughs> All right. I think on that note, let's let's actually jump into the Dungeons and Dragons game. The thing I actually prepared. <laughs> if you recall, last we left off, you guys were breaking down your camp, preparing to move, having just had a confrontation with a group of survivors desperate to get off of this planet, hoping that you would give them a ride off, having learned that you, in fact, had a ship that was on its way to come pick you up at some point. Having refused, they resorted to drastic measures, capturing your friend Merrick and holding him hostage. You guys quickly moved to the chamber in which Marco first encountered the survivors to find them waiting for you. 
The half-orc de facto leader of this group, Heron, his companion, a Githzerai named Rinzar, and a Duragar named Bralmera, accompanied by six other random red-shirted <laughs> <laughs> survivors that are not too talkative and generally stay in the background. However, you come to this scene to find them standing waiting for you. Bralmira holding Merrick by his hair, a shadowy purplish blade made out of energy to his neck. Now, Ravnus, you recognize that the blade that uh, this Durgar is forming out of seemingly nothing, the energy does not look too dissimilar from the purplish flames that wreath your sword when you channel your psionics in. Okay. Heron had just got done saying, I didn't want to have to do this, but you gave us no choice. If you give us a ride off of this planet, simply allowing us to survive, nobody has to get hurt. What do you guys do? I'm thinking of something, but I'm, I might, uh, considering I got us into this mess, I, I'll see if Ravnus or, or Flapwing have anything. Mayor kind of whimpers slightly. Oh. His eyes are wide. He is sheet white. Not our boy. His club and shield have been removed from his person. Hmm. Um, Heron is going to say, what reason do you have for not helping us? All we are are victims to the ruthless pirates of Gith. Nick, what does he have? How is he holding Merrick again? Uh, the Duragar, Ramira, is basically holding Merrick by his hair, mm -hmm. holding his head back. Mm -hmm. And then she's holding this energy blade that she's conjured from nothing against his throat. Hmm. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say Merrick, plan funny monkey. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and use disarming shot on her. Assuming that Merrick knows what to do next. Which yes, is really just a way for, for me to pimp Nick into saving the day for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could no and you really hard right now. Wait, what is And it would totally be in character for Merrick to go, wait, what? One hundred percent it would. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to use disarming strike. Sure. Uh, disarming shot. Uh, no more damage. Okay, so I rolled a hit, and they must succeed on a strength save uh, or push object 10 feet. Okay. Um, so I don't know how that works with a psychic blade, but we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, hang on one sec. Are they within 30 feet? Yeah, I'd say you guys probably stopped about 30 feet away. Uh, okay. I got a 19 to hit. Okay. Um, she has to make a strength saving throw? If that hits, yeah. Uh, yeah, that hits. Uh, DC 8 plus proficiency plus dex. So that's going to be 11, 12. Strength save of 12. Uh, she got a 16. Okie dokie. So interestingly, your shot goes through her blade and actually grazes Merrick's neck. Oh, fuck. Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. And, and Merrick goes, oh, careful. It's, that's part of the plan, remember? <laughs> Funny monkey. Funny there's no dire wolves around. <laughs> <laughs> and Bralmira is going to like jerk Merrick back, like almost pressing the blade even closer. She goes, ah, I wouldn't try that again. Your friend here will get a really close shave. 
only have one grip point. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Heron is kind of like holding up his hand to Ralmira. There's no reason this needs to get out of hand. Like I said, I don't want to hurt anybody if I don't have to. I think Marco is going to step forward, trying to appear as um, calm as he can be. And I'm going to say, Heron, I'll be honest, nothing has gone my way for the past, like, three weeks. You and me both. So the best I can do is to try to use calm logic here to see what we can get through. So here's here I go. You have Merrick right now. I'm going to assume that, judging from the weapon that is currently in your friend's hand, uh, she is some kind of spellcaster. Knowing the level of exhaustion that you all currently are at, judging from your clothes and from your malnourishment, I would say that you have had a very long time since you have had a rest. So my guess is she might be on her last leg here. I am a well-accomplished mage with a lot of sleep, rest, and know-how. I guarantee you that if you hurt Merrick, I could cast Fireball and bury you all. And so it's a pretty well guarantee that if you hurt him, you're not getting off of this planet. This will be your tomb. Make a persuasion check. Oh shit, uh, 19. 19. Uh, Heron nods. He's hearing your words and he kind of sighs, exasperated. He goes, look, we don't have anything to lose. I don't know how much longer we can last. Your ship is our only chance of survival. Like I said, I wanted to be able to come to an agreement normally, but you would not listen. May I offer a suggestion, a new one? Let Merrick go, and we will discuss this on the reasons why we are concerned about you coming onto our ship. The reason, and we'll be upfront and honest with you, on why we were concerned about bringing you along, and maybe we can come to an understanding. But I don't want anyone to die here. And so, you let Merritt go, and we will also back off. Heron nods and takes a moment to think about that, and kind of glances back at Bralmera and Rinzar. And Bralmera goes, You can't be seriously considering talking to them. They've already made their choice. We gotta hang on to the only leverage we have. And she looks like she may not even listen to him if he says to release Merrick. Merrick's eyes are kind of darting around wide. Heron will turn back to you and I'm like, I want to believe you, but what's to say that the minute you get your friend back, you don't immediately just run and leave us stranded here before, or worse, take care of us so we're not a problem anymore. How can I trust you when you were just getting ready to leave us to our deaths for the only crime of having the misfortune of crossing the Pirates of Gith? All right. Um, I look back at Ravnus and Flapwing, and I say, let's give, let's be honest with them. Why, why are we potentially leaving them? Let's start off there and see if we can work it out. I am looking straight towards Ravnus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ravnus will look between Marco and Luckbeak, and she's going to say, um, we don't want to get involved with the Pirates of Gith. If they want you here, we don't want to pick that fight. 
at that, uh, Rinzar, the, the Gitzerai, is going to cross his arms and say, so you would be complicit. She, she just sort of shakes her head and, and says, um, we're not equipped for that battle. I'm a bit of a layman here when it comes to uh, uh, piracy, <laughs> but how would they know that we, A, gave them a ride, and B, I mean, how, how dead do they want you? As I look back over to Heron, kind of now just perplexed. Heron just kind of like shakes his head. Rinzar will speak up and say, not dead enough to actually kill us. Trust me. I was a member of the crew of Vlacketh Scowl for a short amount of time. Okay. What's this person's name again? Rinzar. You're not familiar with her. Okay. I was only there a short amount of time before I realized the way the captain conducted herself. And my dissatisfaction is what got me here with the rest of them. Okay, so we're getting somewhere now. We have someone who actually was. So let me ask you, Renzar, as like Marco thinks that he's made progress. Um, <laughs> if, if whoever was the leader of this brigade was, the, was to find you at a bar three months later... How likely would this person be to A, kill you, and B, find the people that that rescued you from a frozen planet and oh, kill them? Oh, uh, if, if I were just simply in a pub and Yastrara the Remorseless walked in, I would run. Okay, so now we also know what we're getting more information now. <laughs> Marco, it's not just them. And I, like, gesture to Ravnus, and I say, like, they're already looking for one of us. Isn't that okay. right, Ravnus? Rinzar is going to raise an eyebrow and, and look at Ravnus. Uh, Ravnus looks at Blackbeak, but does not say anything. I feel like this is a moment where, like, it's in the movie where everyone just suddenly turns to Ravnus. <laughs> <laughs> Rinzar is going to say, You have crossed Captain Yastrara. Um... Were you crew? Perhaps before my time? Ravnus is... Are they still holding Merrick? Yeah. And in fact, you, you glance over and Balmera is starting to look increasingly more impatient. Um, She looks at Marco and she says, if you think it's best and it gets us Merrick back, then fine. Let's do it. Okay. So let's, before we finish this, can we also get your word that you're not going to single us out as the people that got you off of this planet if this, uh, this pirate queen happens to wander around looking for you all slash the people who would dare save you from a freezing planet? Um, Heron will, will nod, like, in exchange for getting us off this planet, you have nothing to worry about. Insight check. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Yeet! That is insight, which is I plus zero, so nineteen. Nineteen. Heron seems definitely trustworthy. Um, his words ring true to you. You could tell Bromera is more skeptical, and Rinzar will actually speak up here and say, "You don't have anything to worry about from us." We're not Kazath's group. 
if it were him, he would likely do anything that he felt would give him favor with the captain again. Uh, Heron will not. He's an idiot. (laughs) I think we have an agreement then. We will get you off of this planet. At least to a moon or somewhere where you can seek refuge or at least get a transport to somewhere free from this this pirate person. Heron will nod and say, I think I think so. And he'll turn to Braumera and Braumera still kind of like glances between him and you guys. Maybe I should just hang on to this one until until we get on board. Uh, and Heron will kind of roll his eyes. What? You think we could just trust them on their word? You have to rest eventually. You can't spend the next couple of weeks holding on to that man. A couple of weeks? How far away is your ship? It's after the storm is over. I'm saying a couple of weeks for the sake of... I have no idea when the storm will be over or when our ship's going to come. It could be tomorrow. It could be a couple of weeks. But the point being, are you planning on holding on to him for the next at least 18 hours? Heron will turn to her and say... Ralmira, we have a deal. Release him. And she'll kind of hold him tighter and go, No, you call your ship and get it here right now. And Merrick kind of goes, Ah! <laughs> and she kind of yanks him back a little bit. Um, Ravnus is, is going to say Merrick and try to get his attention. His eyes snap to you. Funny monkey. <laughs> and, then, and then she is going to try to use a telekinetic movement to uh-huh. pull Merrick towards them. Oh, so you're, you're... So hopefully that makes Merrick a willing uh-huh. creature. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Excellent callback. So you're trying to pull Merrick towards you guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Merrick, Merrick will go, I still don't know what that means! <laughs> As you just yank him. Uh, he kicks backwards, uh, kicking Bralmira in the gut, and she lets out a grunt. She is going to attack him, though. Oh. Oof. She does oh. uh, She does hit him, uh, cutting a gash across his neck, but he seems otherwise fine, and he comes flying at you, trailing blood, oh. uh, <laughs> and he kind of lands and rolls uh, at your feet and just starts holding his neck. He goes, ah! Oh, no. I think I need healing. I think I would also react to that. Um, I would cast Black Tentacles and grapple uh, Ralmera once that happens. Yeah. She has to make a strength save? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think she failed. That was a 12? Yes, she does. Okay. Your Black Tentacles come up around and uh, grapple her, and she struggles against it. And she goes, you think these can hold me? And she starts growing. Oh, shit. Expanding. And then Rinzar punches her in the back of the head and she falls unconscious. (laughs) 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 Nikisera just kind of wipes off his hands and Heron will say, sorry about that. She's a little volatile. (laughs) It's it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, Scriv is muttering a poem to Merrick and his wounds are closing oh nice <laughs> but he is now like his 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 clothes are now like soaked with blood down the one side it would have been bad had he not immediately received attention <laughs> poor guy okay so if I see paper on the ground I'm not gonna read it 
you know what? I might swear off reading altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of amazed that you did that in the first place. Is that the first time you've ever picked up anything to read? Listen, <laughs> I got into some of those books you left back on the rock. Oh, no. It no, took those like were, those a year to get through one of them, but like, wait, which one? We're bad. Which one did you read? Foxy Space Fixins <laughs> Four. <laughs> Aladrin's Enchantment. Okay, I have so many theories about Aladrin's mother. Okay, we. Okay, I didn't know you read it. We can talk later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Are Are we? I, I mean, I'm. Is uh, is someone slinging the uh? <laughs> the violent one over their backs. <laughs> yeah, th- she's getting bound up. Okay. Uh, after okay. Marco's tentacles uh, are dispelled, uh, she she'll get bound up with uh, rope that's available. Actually, Brohane provides the rope because it doesn't look like this group had that much. Right. Um, are we headed back to our encampment? Is that the plan? I think so. Okay. Um, but on the way back. As soon as they get out of sight from the other group, Ravnus is going to grab a hold of Luckbeak and put her sword up to his neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do not ever say that in front of someone else ever again. Okay. Okay. And she lets go of him. (laughs) I just, I thought it was kind of a, an open secret. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I'll just let her go ahead, and I kind of trail behind. <laughs> Actually, while I'm trailing behind, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to approach one of the red shirts and be like, Hey, bud, what's your deal? I'm, I'm Flapwing. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you and... Like, he's bundled up, and he's a human male, probably in his early 20s, with uh, kind of long, scraggly, like, brown hair, and he just kind of glares at you. Oh, okay. I I mean, I was always kind of on your side here. I just, uh, you know, my friend over there was... All right, never mind. I'm just He he opens his mouth, and you see he doesn't have a tongue. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay. Do I know if, uh, if... Uh, anyone in our party has greater restoration in our extended party? Probably not. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Oh. You didn't bring the cleric with you. Yeah. Yeah. Does <laughs> she have it? Uh, she might. Okay. No worries. You don't know. Yeah. She she'd really be the only one that would have a chance of having it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I'll tell him that. I'll be like, ow, jeez. Uh, I mean, we might have somebody. You know what? I'm not gonna promise anything, but uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> That's that's rough, buddy. <laughs> Don't make me come up with namesaker. <laughs> you would rather the slash out reason. a tongue this than to come up with is, a name. This is what you you did. <laughs> oh, this is my fault. <laughs> he just writes the name Saker on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. So what are you guys doing? You, you guys are heading back to your encampment. Yeah, yeah, I think um, once back up there, Marco is just going to be like, I-, I need some time alone and just go sit by himself in like the atrium. Yeah. So uh, if you're not going to do anything else in particular, we can say you went back to your camp uh, and uh, settled down for the night and you guys can 
take a long rest. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I got my grip point back. Watch out, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to disarm the like incorporeal <laughs> weapon. <laughs> I don't know, man. Had I gotten a big enough roll? Had you gotten a big enough roll, I would have done something interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um you guys sleep uh I imagine I imagine you like we don't we don't need to go actually through it, uh, but I imagine you you keep someone up on on watch mm, mm-hmm. or like, you know, take shifts. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. OK. Yeah. Throughout the night, nothing nothing eventful happens, although uh, you do hear the occasional like sounds of dragons uh, flying nearby and uh, the occasional kind of grunts and shouts from uh the giant encampment as everything is settling down and like the your camp is now quiet uh it becomes easier to hear um the the commotion happening from the large giant encampment that's happening at the base of this tower that you're in um not that far away so but uh nothing nothing eventful happens through the night and eventually the morning does come okay uh how are the skies looking this morning can I do a nature so you check? <laughs> you can't see the sky from the room that you're camping in because you specifically picked one oh, that right. wasn't wasn't uh, there. But you are able to go out in the hall and kind of walk down to the one yeah. end uh, and look outside. Um, it does not look like it's storming as much as it was before. Um, it looks like there's just a light snowfall happening right now. However, as you glance up, you do see that... Uh, Hundreds of feet above you, near where the lip of the canyon is, above, the wind is still whipping pretty, pretty heavily up there. So it seems like there is a snowstorm still happening on the surface, but uh, it's not getting down into the canyon where you're at as much. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go check on Agnes and her family as well. (laughs) My animal friendship has run out with them. That's true. Do they they kill me? (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it lasted for 24 hours mm, gosh i don't remember let me check roll a new character yeah <laughs> <laughs> right now uh animal friendship 5e uh it is uh 24 hours 24 hours so it would still be up for a little bit longer oh okay yeah i'll go visit them before they decide to become feral again <laughs> yeah you go out and uh the the mother is just kind of lounging about, but the little ones, Ollie and Willard, come come running over to greet you. Okay, uh, I... Willard Willard kind of tackles you. <laughs> I give them pets and scratches no. behind the ears. Uh, oh man, I uh, I tell them, hey, um, uh, Uncle Uncle Flapwing might not be back around again. I uh. I, I gotta go off to the war. I just wanted to say goodbye to you kids and tell you how much I'm gonna miss you. That's all. Ollie bites the sleeve of your shift weave tunic and tears it a little bit. No. Well, you've just ruined one of my best disguises, but I, you're so damn cute. I don't care. Okay. I I yep. I leave before it gets too painful. I turn back around. <laughs> if they're following me, I say, "Go home. Go home. I don't even I don't love you." They they cock their head at you. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. I just run off. 
Yeah. As you start walking away, the other uh, turns and tackles the other one, and then they kind of roll oh, around and playing with okay. each other. They've <laughs> already forgotten you. Okay. That's... Oh. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> so, um, Marco, as you're mo- starting to move in the morning, um, Heron will come down to the camp and... Uh, He'll uh, he'll kind of get your attention. Uh, Marco kind of stands up, walks over there. So um, I think we need to kind of discuss some details of our arrangement a little bit. Okay, I'm all ears. Well, you you said that your ship isn't coming back immediately. Should we travel with you? Should we wait here and you'll come back for us? Well... I'll be honest with you, the main goal of this expedition was to explore the whole canyon, um, to explore this entire library. He kind of raises his eyebrows and lets out a long whistle. At the bare minimum, at least a few points of interest, but the point being that we're probably going to run into the ice giants and the white dragons outside. So if you were to come with us, considering the state that you all are in, I have a feeling that you would all probably perish. You're, you're, the, the math in my head is that the odds are slim. He'll nod, and he goes, yeah, we're not equipped to deal with either of those threats. Um, I mean, I guess threat, strictly speaking. The, they are together. You knew and that, right? The, the, yeah, yeah, that they were like pets or something. Uh, I or, wouldn't. Or, I wouldn't call them pets. Don't don't tell that to the dragons at least. I, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, "Yeah, no, you're right. We wouldn't be able to, you know, last long against those threats. But we do have some experience moving about the city undetected. It's really the only reason we've been able to survive this long on our own. So I might be able to at least give you a couple pointers. Um, yeah, that that would be fantastic. Well, if you're moving during the day, your best bet is to." remain in the cover of structures. Luckily, this entire city is pretty interconnected with raised terraces and covered viaducts and many buildings just simply adjoin to one another. It might take a lot longer than it normally would, but that's always an option. Now, moving under the cover of darkness would provide you a decent amount of cover from the dragons in the sky. However, it is going to be a lot colder after dark. But you'll be able to move faster. So, let me ask you this. Is there anyone in your party that is maybe of a martial class or somebody that might not need a lot of equipment? It would be helpful to have a guide, but we just don't have enough to outfit somebody for an expedition. Well, Rinzar is a perfectly capable fighter and he doesn't require any weapons at all. At least, not that I've seen. Would Rinzar be willing to come, th- to come with us? I could talk to him about it. Uh, see if he could. I mean, the advice is good, but considering your knowledge, um, and that also would give you all a little bit more assurance that we're coming we're coming back to you. Until then, you could probably stay here somewhere a little bit more secure and wait until we return. He'll, he'll nod and, like, I think that's a decent deal. Um, and that see. way, uh, Pralmira will at least be satisfied with knowing that if you decide to not honor our agreement, Rinzar will be the first to know. Indeed. Um, he says with like a chuckle. Like <laughs> he's not actually worried about that, but... <laughs> yeah, and, and indeed. Um, so well, uh, go go see if Rinzar would be willing to accompany us and we can wait here until you come back. 
something. I'll speak to him right now. He'll walk off. Ravnus, what are you doing? Um, Anything? I think that she's sort of avoiding the others, and uh, she gets her breakfast and sits around the camp, and uh, I think that she's sort of figuring that we will have to do the expedition part of this expedition soon, so she's kind of like waiting around for instructions. Got it. As a wrath will come over to you. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Your girlfriend's worried about you. Uh, (laughs) As you're kind of like keeping to yourself, and I imagine like packing up your, your stuff, she'll come over and she'll go, so, so, you were a pirate of gif. <sighs> Sorry, you were a pirate of gif. <laughs> pirate of gif is a very different thing. It's a very different thing. <laughs> a lot louder. <laughs> yeah, that's why she hated Locke so much. Um, uh, she sighs and um, she says, um, "Word travels fast." I guess it's not a large group. I guess not. Merrick had to regale everybody with his exciting evening. Of course he did. So that was the reason you didn't want to help them? Yes. She kind of nods. I understand. What I don't get is how that Githzerai could just abandon all of the tenants of our people and join a group like them. She kind of says matter-of-factly, but uh, obviously with a tone of annoyance. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ravna says, I don't know. Everyone seemed sort of similar with the Pirates of Gith. I suppose that you can put that as perhaps the only thing in their favor. She'll shake her head and like, I, I have trouble uh, believing that. But I'll take your word for it. I don't recommend you find out for yourself. I don't plan on it. Actually. <laughs> Good. Well, do you think that means that there's other gith defectors or traitors here on this planet? I think that it's possible if they've survived this long. I don't know. But I guess we'll find out. If there's more, I'm not sure how many we can realistically take. She'll nod. Yeah, I wouldn't expect to be able to have to save everyone. Or if they're even friendly, for that matter. Right. Well, this trip just got more interesting, then. I hope it stops soon. (laughs) Yes. I hope we can find what we're looking for, get answers to whatever is going on with you three, and then get off of this fucking ice cube. (laughs) (laughs) We'll, We'll try to get what we need, and at the first break in the storm, we can go and hopefully never think about this place again. Hopefully Marco will leave willingly. Right. <laughs> Somewhere Marco's like, boy, I could stay here forever. <laughs> Marco, after some time, Rinzar does appear. Um, he has like a small sack uh, kind of slung over his shoulder with what little provisions and supplies that he has. Heron said you might need a guide. Yes. Uh, most certainly. Are you able-bodied enough to be able to traverse this uh, massive structure? Yes. I think it's a, a fair price you pay to get off of this planet. Very well. Um, Where is it that you're headed? So I'm going to kind of like look blank for a second and then be like, excuse me, Dex. 
Yes. Then I also look to Rinzar as well. Um, do you still have the map coordinates to the Order of the Rift Centuries in the western part of town? Of course. I always have them with me. And uh, he'll project the the illusory map in the air again with the motive light where your current location is in the southern tower of the Grand Quadrivium with a loose three-dimensional path winding its way over there. Rinzar will kind of cross his eye, uh, cross his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much, buddy. (laughs) Rinzar will cross his arms and kind of look at it. Hmm. Well, the path is going to be blocked there, there, and there. There's an ice flow that has completely taken out this building that it wants you to travel through here. And a chasm in the ice has formed at that location. We were concerned about that whenever we got our little friend here, and it looks like my uh, assumption that this map would not be up to date is correct. Would this route still be the quickest, most efficient, safest route, or are we now traversing into danger? It seems to be the quickest route still. We would just need to detour around these couple obstacles, although it doesn't account for maintaining indoors the whole time. So if we wanted to follow this route to a T, we would need to go at night. Hmm. Very well. Uh, let me talk to the others and let them know. As a matter of fact, come with me. You'll you'll be needed. <laughs> and I just kind of yeah. like grab his hand and pull him with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll follow you in. And I go, so everyone, we're going to have Rinzar joining us because Rinzar is very well acquainted with this area and has substantial knowledge about the territory from his assessment of the path that we are currently on, we are going to have to go outside in order to do it, and as such, it would be best to traverse it at night instead of daytime. The alternative would be is charting a route that keeps us mostly under the cover of structures, however it would significantly increase our travel time. With that information, do you think that it would be better to travel at day or to travel at night? I have my own opinions, but I don't want to just speak for the entire group. I think night seems to make more sense. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Roxana will say, I think they both have their merits. Night will be colder, but if it's faster and keeps us out of the view of the dragons, then cold is something that we can plan for. If there are no opposed, then um, I guess we sit back down and wait for Nightfall to come join us. All right. Ezerath will say, I'm getting tired of sitting around. But she'll sigh and plop down. (laughs) (laughs) But then she'll sit around. (laughs) She's just going to complain about it. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Merrick is going to, like, kick up his feet. I'm not going to complain at all. Yeah, this is. How's your neck treating you, by the way? Is it healing okay? It's a little stiff, but Scriv patched me up. Great. What was the poem that he said to you? <laughs> I don't know. Something about the, the 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 state of creation and one's place in the cosmos. I don't I don't actually remember that much. I was losing a lot of blood at the time. I'm sure it was riveting. <laughs> I I don't recall. Understanding it. <laughs> hey, Scriv, can you recite a few verses? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I didn't write that one down. <laughs> you just freestyled it? 
Well, can you freestyle another one for us? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one. Eternity enchants wizardry adventure. Might not an eclipse shine like worthy isolation? Is, is that? It'll look up expectantly and say, <laughs> did this poem incite an emotional reaction? Are we still in it? Is this still the poem? <laughs> I don't know if you heard my clap over Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scriv cocks his head at that question and goes, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> I didn't intend it to be, but I suppose the interpretation is up to you. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know when it ends. I'm just realizing that everything you say is now po. I guess poetry is all around. Oh, no, I'm being affected by this poem. <laughs> <laughs> I will make a notation to the positive then. Yeah, I guess so. Was that a palindrome? <laughs> that whole poem? <laughs> it was a procedurally generated poem in a document that I had not touched in like a year. <laughs> I think that Nick just got a 2D6 songwriting credit from that, actually. <laughs> he may have. <laughs> Very true. It's Spanktopia, the Omega Star. Oh! <laughs> oh I love that one. <laughs> no, that, that's for After Dark <laughs> script. <laughs> a real actual song title by yeah. TV6. I, <laughs> no, I get a void fair credit. We'll just we'll trade those. You already have. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot I'm in this show. <laughs> Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and real actual mutant velociraptor man. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Wrong podcast. Thanks for listening to this fifth episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfair, and apologies for the delays. We had to take a cycle to get our feet back under us and get a few more sessions recorded. But naturally, life got in the way of editing this episode, causing it to be a couple days late. You know, life happens. But it is here now and hopefully worth the wait. Like I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying listening to our void-faring shenanigans, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on the Project Derailed Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever it is that happens to be on their mind that month. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Tweet at us to let us know what you would name your pet snowy owlbears. We have a brand new addition to the Derailed podcast family, Cape Chronicles, a Masks a New Generation podcast. This story takes place in the same world established by Fables Around the Table Super, set in the present day, 15 years later, with a whole new team of young heroes. Cliff B., who plays Squeddy the Turtle on our Con on the Cob live show, will be GMing, joined by a cast of players who all might sound familiar. Chelsea Rexinger, who has been on many a Fable season as Royale, our very own Ravness, Fiona L.F. Kelly as Falcon Girl, Roger Page, a.k.a. the Twitch streamer Mr. Roger, who played Roxalim the Elf in a past interlude as Remix, 
and myself, Nick Yurisiva, as the mutant dinosaur man, Quasi-Raptor. This show has been endless fun since we started working on it, and I personally cannot wait for you all to finally get to hear it. New episodes of Cape Chronicles will land on the first and third Wednesdays of every month, starting on March 2nd. Do you have too much time on your hands and would like to be constantly plugged in to nerdy conversations and tomfoolery 24-7? Well, join the Project Derailed community Discord, where we are always hanging out, chatting all things nerdy, swapping memes, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. Did you know that wearing clothes is encouraged and, in fact, even mandatory in most public space? I sure didn't. But luckily, the Project Derailed Red Bubble Shop has no shortage of apparel to keep my neighbors from calling the cops. The fact that they have cool logos and designs from Fables Around the Table, Tales of the Voidfarer, and more is just an added bonus. Head over to bit.ly slash derailed shop to check out the selection. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. See you then! Okay, so um, I think on that note, uh, Marco will spend the rest of his time probably like sitting writing stuff into his journal. Okay. I think Ravnus wants to go at some point and talk to Rinzar. <laughs> sure. Um, he he is the one who was kicked off of Yastrara's ship, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, he's kind of lounging in the corner um, for being a Gazerai like Ezerath. He is he does not have like the same like body language where like when Ezerath is just sitting around, she's almost always in this like meditative position and he's just kind of man spreading over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so she goes over and uh and well, I guess her body language is pretty like closed off. She has her arms like crossed, and uh, she says, "Um, so, what'd you get kicked out for?" Like I said, I had the audacity to speak out against the actions of the captain, expressing my displeasure with the treatment of captives. You could say I was a little um unprepared for the exact uh, nature of the crew I was joining. Did you have a choice in joining? I did. I was admittedly desperate, but I realized it wasn't worth the promised security. I was only with them about a month. Well, if you made it out alive, that's pretty good for you, I guess. Luckily, the only transgression I made against the captain was my words. So apparently that deserves this mercy, he says with air quotes. All right. Well, I guess she uh, treated you as fairly as she could then. I don't know about that. Well, by her standards. I'm having trouble feeling grateful regardless. Well, I don't blame you for that. I'm honestly surprised that Kazath got sentenced to the same fate. What he did was much worse. So, remind me here, Nicholas. Yes. So, Kazath is someone that I know, correct? 
Yes. Okay. He was on the crew when you were there. Right. And he was bloodthirsty and foolhardy. I have that written down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So she says, what did he do? Well, the captain had assigned him to take prisoners that were holding important information. Information about a possible raid on the Salvagers Guild vessels that contains quite a substantial amount of loot. Kazath, in his bloodthirst, slaughtered them before we could get the information we need. I see. The captain was not pleased. I imagine not. Have you seen any others while you've been here? There's a few. Most of the people here are victims of Lacketh Scal, the survivors of raids. How many others? In total? I don't know how many are left alive now. I know Kazath's group probably has about 30, but there was well over a hundred of us at one point. Many don't make it long. Right. Do you know where they like to camp out? Kazath is is in control of the the largest other group of survivors. There's probably other pockets of them, but I don't really have much faith that they'll make it too long. Honestly, it's lucky that Heron and us have made it as long as we have. But Kazath's camp is in the cleft span. The cleft span? It's the district uh, southwest of here. All right. Well, I guess that we'll see how easily we can avoid that. Yeah. It sounds like um, it's not in the immediate path of any of the places that we're going right now, but he does send out scouting parties. Right. Although he's just as ill-equipped to deal with the giants and dragons, regardless of what he likes to say. So they'll do be doing their best to avoid them as well. Right. Okay. And, um, it's also worth noting that uh, if he still is harboring his ill-conceived plans to levy an assault against the giants, it stands to reason that he'll be preoccupied with planning for that. So if we're lucky, if we stay out of their way, they'll throw themselves at the giants and get themselves all killed anyway. Well, let's hope so. All right. Um, is there... Is there anything else you think that we should know about the area? Anything that you've noticed? Not that I can really think of. All right. Well, thanks. Hey, when were you on the Blackest Scale? Close to a year. He'll nod. Did you get kicked off, or...? I left. Well, Yastrara does not like deserters, so... I suppose your initial opinion of us isn't unwarranted. Right. But what I said before is true. We are no more allies to Yastrara than you are. In fact, I would say we're just as much of enemies. All right. Just when we drop you off, don't go blabbing that we were the ones who picked you up. You don't have anything to worry about. All right. And she's going to turn on her heel and walk away. Okay. 
She's she's I think just going to at least relay that to Marco about Kazath's Kazass. Kazass. I, I have written down I have written down <laughs> sounds like kiss ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> um that's not accurate. <laughs> kiss ass. Yeah, kiss so, ass. Uh, she, yeah, she relays that information about where he is and that they do not want to mess with this person and certainly not try to save them. You'd find Marco sitting there like like writing like some notes, but you see like a very like ornately drawn owl. Um, he kind of looks up and says, wait, what? We, we don't want to um, mess with this other group that might be here. If they're not dead already. I gathered as much from the last time we talked, but uh, do you have any, like, new information about why they're so dangerous? They're just not quite like this other group. I don't, I just don't want you to feel sorry for them in the same way. Okay, so they're evil. Yes. Dangerous. Will hurt us and others. Marco, you're okay with just that black and white dichotomy? They're evil? (laughs) (laughs) Take it from someone who's the epitome of black (laughs) and white. (laughs) Looks over to Flapwing and just says, Flapwing, I'm not in the mood to discuss philosophy right now. I need simple. Got it. Makes sense. (laughs) Are we discussing philosophy? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Flapwing was. Bye. Oh, I have lots of interesting opinions about... Marco just jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Let the dragons eat Bye. me. <laughs> but, uh... In uh, seriousness, there's just, uh... Okay, yeah, so they're... Understood. We won't uh, cross them, and if we will, they will be considered enemies. Right. <laughs> um, but it seems as though they want to attack the giants so perhaps the issue will take care of itself that could actually create a pretty decent distraction I mean you know two people that we are two groups that we don't want to interact with fighting each other gives us plenty of time to move freely as they kill each other I guess it does wow I guess man for somebody who just wanted to save a bunch of people never mind let's just go so what? It's it's logistical. I mean, we have two two groups that might want to kill us if they kill each other. You know, we have less problems in some. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <sighs> nightfall. Looking forward to it. <laughs> and with that, night falls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as the light coming in through the corridor grows darker. Uh, Roxana leads the packing up of the camp for the second time, and you guys head out. You get out into the hallway, and you see that Agnes, Ollie, and Willard are gone. Oh. oh okay. No, it's Nicholas. Fine. No, it's okay. He's loading Chekhov's gun. They're going to save us, Deus Ex Machina style. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to blow the clouds away so the void fairy can come down with their little wings. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll give Flapwing a consolatory pat on the back and just says, "Well, it, it was nice, wasn't it? You I mean for a couple of days? You uh, you played Papa. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened." <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the front with Renzar. I'm gonna stand next to my cool friend without a tongue. 
<laughs> I don't think he's coming. Oh man, okay. No, he's not. It's just Renzar from oh, the okay, other group. Mind. He would die. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to save the red shirts this time, so we just don't bring them. <laughs> that <us>. makes sense. <laughs> you start following the route laid out by Dex with uh, the occasional detours under the guidance of Renzar, and you do get out into the air which is dark and there the wind is blowing a little bit and it is blusteringly cold uh however you've you've bundled up um so uh you can weather it to some degree however i do need everybody to make a constitution saving throw. not me you get to make it with oh, advantage oh no that's pretty good 13 okay 14 21 Ravenous is back, baby. <laughs> You're really good at not freezing to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing right now, but it's keeping me going. <laughs> so uh, everybody kind of like pulling their heavy coats a little bit closer to them as they step out into the cold. Um, but nobody seems particularly uh, affected by it more than anybody else. So you guys head off crossing an adjacent terrace a couple levels down, um, heading to the north of this tower. You can actually see the three other towers of the Grand Quadrivium reaching all the way up. You're almost losing the top of them in the like snowy haze above, um, connected by a large plaza terrace in the middle of them about like 50 60 feet above your head and as you're crossing you can see down soft lights of the giant camp um rinzar will kind of instruct everybody to move quietly and to stay low to at least get past this area i need everybody make stealth checks 11 9 um 10 wow did not expect to be the highest there. <laughs> we were right in a row. <laughs> Hand holding club. Couldn't help but sing sea shanty while we cross. <laughs> yeah, so as you're all kind of moving, kind of hunched down a little bit, so you have some cover from an ice bank. And Marco, uh, you, you take a step and you hear a crack beneath your feet and uh, a piece of ice and snow kind of dislodges and uh, slides to the edge and falls and makes a loud clatter. <laughs> and kind of echoes around. Sorry. Rinzar will turn and just say, shh, to your, to your sorry. <laughs> just keep moving. Ice shifts all the time. And that I do. You guys move a few feet and you do hear uh, some distant, deep, like, talking that has, like, started up down, down the cavern. But Rinzar keeps pushing you forward. Okay. Ravenous seems very, very nervous, but keeps moving. I see no reason to deviate. <laughs> <laughs> so Rinzar will quickly lead you into an opening at the base of another tower. And then there is a covered viaduct that spans from this tower into a squat larger tower that seems to be on the other side of a massive ice flow. It's almost like glacier in nature as you kind of glance down. And uh, you can kind of to your right to the east can just make out through the haze this massive dam that kind of spans the entire canyon. And uh, you can kind of imagine that the ice flow that you are crossing used to be the river 
that came from the base of that dam. Now since frozen over and becoming sort of a mini glacier as it kind of rolls across the base of the canyon. Rinzar leads you into the squat tower on the other side and up some stairs, and it emerges into a a smaller tower that was sitting on top um, that is open to the top, like the, uh, the top of the tower uh, long since crumbled away. And there's a large opening that goes out onto the terrace that attaches to this larger tower. You get to the top of the stairs here, and uh, you can see that uh, it looks like some petrified frozen timbers and ice and snow um, have kind of blocked the top of the stairs. So you can make out the, the open sky above, but the passageway you need to get through is blocked. Is this new, Rinzar? Yeah. Rinzar will, will kind of look at it curiously and goes, looks like it did recently fall. Here, we should be able to shift it out of the way. And he'll start like pulling on a plank and kind of like look back to you guys to help. Um, do I, can I see to the other side? Like there are holes, right? Um, it's, it's tough to see because like everything that's down on like your level is pretty well covered. You can see straight up, but you can't see through into the chamber of this tower. Okay. It may be possible to climb up over this rubble, but you'd have to like kind of climb about 10, 10 feet up. All right. Um, I'll attempt to climb just to see if I could get up there. Yeah. Make an athletics check. Oh, this is, this is not going to end well. <laughs> it's just a straight roll. That's a six. A six? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you do find handholds just fine, and you kind of, like, get up, like, kind of finding a nice ledge of ice and rock to get your hands on and kind of get both feet up, and you get one more handhold, one more foothold, and lift yourself up another feet, and then your, your arms just start shaking. <laughs> and I just kind of, like, nod. Hypothesis tested, failed, jumps back <laughs> down, starts to help. <laughs> Brohane says, uh, Ira should be able to scale that. If you'd like me to go up, I can drop down a rope. Uh, Rinzar will glance and goes, that might be easier than trying to shift the rubble. Um, can Ira hold my weight? She should be able to. If you can get me close enough, I can misty step up through that area and at least find something more sturdy to tie the rope to as well. I just need line of sure. sight to a piece of land. Sure. I'll uh, hop on the back of Ira then. Yeah, Merrick hops off. Fine, I guess. It'll be like 10 seconds. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with a lurch, the bottom of your stomach kind of drops Ooh. out as you suddenly grab around Brohane's waist as uh, Ira doesn't even climb. Ira jumps <laughs> the 10 Oof. feet up to the top of this this pile of rubble. And up here, you can see that into the rest of the base of this chamber, there's a bunch of stuff piled in here. And not rubble. It looks like things have been moved here. Right. Uh, and there isn't any shortage of things to tie off a rope to. In fact, there is the base of a stone column um, that looks ideal for that. All right. Um, first things first, I'm going to cast Misty Step just to get into the room. Yeah, you're basically casting Misty Step, like, to just get down to the from the bottom of this pile of rubble. Yeah, essentially, like, and just looks down. Cool. Yeah. And um, as I'm moving over to the, co like, the column, I'm trying to get, like, a good sense of what all's been brought in here. Like, what's this stuff? Yeah, make a uh, investigation check. While you're doing this, Brohane is unpacking a coil of rope from the storage compartment in Ira's ass. <laughs> And tossing one end down to Marco to tie off and tossing the other down. 
here has got some junk in the trunk. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a 24 investigation as I take the rope and start walking into the room. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of different stuff in here. You see what looks like various stone statues in various states of crumbling, but more together than you would expect, which is interesting that they're all kind of here haphazardly thrown all in one place. You do see a fancy suit of armor that looks a little uh, scuffed and dirty, but otherwise mostly intact. It's a little dented around the middle. One of the statues that you can kind of make out for the most part is a statue of a humanoid owl person in a robe holding a scepter that has a rolled scroll tied to the scepter. Cyrus, do you know what's going on here? Interesting. These appear to be items that would have been elsewhere in the city. They seem to have been transposed here somehow. You see, uh, as you're kind of looking around and talking to Sai, you see that uh, there is a couple miscellaneous weapons, uh, many of them rusty, uh, a big rusty shield. You see a rapier that looks pristine. And then you see a shield that also looks like it's it's unnaturally uh, untarnished. You see a large chest that you recognize it. Uh, it's like an apothecary's chest that would normally uh, hold potions. You see a staff that's kind of haphazardly jutting out of the rest of the pile of stuff, a polished gray wood that bears numerous runes carved along its length. Um, hanging off the end of it is actually a gold uh, necklace that's kind of crescent shaped uh, with like little red ornaments hanging off of the tips. Mm -mm. And uh, you see a gleaming metal breastplate that's tossed in there as well. Okay. You see there's, there's a bunch of, of stuff. <laughs> here. At this point, the others are kind of climbing up over the, the pile of rubble and seeing this uh, empty room, the circular uh, base of this uh, m what's left of this tower, at least. Yeah. So, the, the tower is open on top, and then there is an archway that is open to the outside that looks out onto a, a terrace plaza. Okay. Um, I think probably Yav's yeah, like after the rope's securely tied and, like, people are coming, um, I would probably venture over to the staff and the necklace and investigate them. You can make an arcana check. Okay, that's a 15. Yeah, so you're pretty sure the necklace is a necklace of adaptation, which, you know, basically can let you breathe in environments you normally can't. And also, like, make you immune to, like, inhaled poisons Ooh. and other vaporous, dangerous inhalants. Okay, um, I look at it, I touch it, do I die? <laughs> <laughs> That's a scientific yes, instantly. method. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's make no you're the best you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no, you're fine. All right, I lick it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold, your tongue gets stuck to Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> It's magic. Oh. oh, no, that's how that guy ended up the way he did. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> well, shit. Now, the staff, I'll, I'll let you know with the same check, so we're not rolling yeah. just a million investigation error arcana checks. The staff, you don't recognize. It's uh, It looks Cretorian. Um, the exact nature of what this does is not entirely clear to you. 
I would go to my source then. I would say, Cyrus, what's going on with this thing? As I pick it up and start, like, holding it in my hand. Hmm. Goddamn, he rolled a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, hmm. Not my area of expertise, but I'm almost certain that's a staff of dunamency. A staff of dunamency? Uh, and you would be familiar a little bit with dunamency as a concept because your gravity spell that you found a scroll of is that school of magic. That allows you to control the spice, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the giant worm. Mm, right. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I will add that the uh, that would be a uh, an item that likely a high-ranking wizard of the Anthenaeum Cosmic would have carried. Hmm. Well, quite an remarkable find, really, in such pristine condition. Yeah. After seeing that, yeah, I pocket the adaptation, I put the staff on my back, and uh, I'll let others do stuff now. Yeah, the rest of you guys uh, get here and see that Marco's already poking through a pile of stuff. Oh, <laughs> dibs. Uh, I run over to the pile of stuff and start looking through it as well. Yeah, you see, uh, <laughs> you see that there is a pristine-looking shield, a gleaming rapier, mm. a large alchemist potion box. There's a large statue of an owl person in a robe, and a large, like full-sized, fancy suit of armor that's only slightly dented in the middle. Then, actually, as uh, Marco dislodges the staff, a metal uh, like brass disc comes rolling out that has like concentric rings and stuff. Uh, uh, in a similar design to the the bracelet that Marco has, is does it also look like a bracelet? Uh, it is not. It looks like a it's like a flat medallion. Oh, let's see. Uh, and then there's there's also a uh, a nice pristine looking breastplate. Let's go for that uh, rapier first. Sure. Uh, I'm going to pick it up and examine it. Does it seem just like a very fancy? Is it gilded in any way? What's is there anything special about it? So you see that the blade is a uh, a gleaming silver with uh, with like a purple uh, leather wrapped uh, handle with uh, intricate guard. And the pommel of the handle actually has carved into it two six sided dice, the hmm. symbol on the back. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. The sword of 2d6. I appear like I that was meant for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to turn to Marco and say like, are, are we, is this like archaeologically, I mean, should I not steal this? Well, um, all things considered, this place is abandoned and its people are probably long dead. So I think that there's very little inherent problems with it. However, that said, a lot of this stuff does not seem like it's supposed to be here. Somebody brought it here. Oh. Which is concerning. At the same time, too, they're not guarding it. Right. So take that morality as you will. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pocket that rapier. So you said that there were... So I know that you said that there was a breastplate. Yep. Was there any other armor that was there? Was, there? there was a shield. Yeah, see, I don't want the shield. The breastplate I checked while everyone was talking. Um, that's unless it's like super duper special, it's not going to be as good as my chain mail. It is a um, plus one breastplate for your purposes. That still will be not as good as as a chain as chain mail. Fifteen plus dexterity mod. So wait, why would why would that give me plus dexterity? Uh the the magic breastplate does. Oh, 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 oh. 
That would put me at 18, which is one better than chainmail, and I don't have disadvantage on stealth. So, okay, sure. Yep. I take that. <laughs> it, it is a gleaming breastplate that has a dragon emblazoned on it. Oh, fancy. Yep. Ravnus, when you pick up the breastplate, you hear like a clink of wood and a wand falls out of it. And rolls on the floor between Marco and Luckby. The wand chooses the wizard. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably pick it up out of habit just because it's something that fell to my feet. Uh So I I look it over and just kind of try to figure out what it is and what it does. Uh, Make an arcana check. All right. Oh, that's much better. That's a 23. So this wand, it looks very crudely made. This almost looks like something that like a student would have made in like some of their first attempts to like craft a magic wand but uh, to the best you could tell it does look like it would be functional though you're not sure exactly what hmm as i look it over go this could be dangerous and pocket it (laughs) (laughs) um after that i think i'd probably start to like explore around the room a little bit start investigating to see if i could figure out what's collecting this stuff sure yeah, so Marco, you start looking around. So sitting sitting in the pile still is this uh, brass like disc um, with with intricate markings o- across it, a magical shield of some sort, and a large potion case. Uh, the disc was my next check. Yeah, it looks like it has lots of moving parts, and it would like kind of change shape and kind of rotate around itself and stuff. Make an Arcana check, I guess. Sure. I got a seven. It definitely does something. Okay. You think it might be like some sort of like puzzle. <laughs> okay. I'll meditate on this later. Yeah. I'll uh, probably say to Luck because he's doing that. Um, Want to trade? As I bring out the necklace of adaptation. What does that do? Uh, I mean, it generally protects you against a lot of things such as uh, poisons, um, helps you adapt to various elements. Oh. Yeah, poison gas specifically. It's not going to help you like drinking a poison, but like a poison cloud. (laughs) Marco is trying to get me killed. Uh, (laughs) You can drink acid with this. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, I'm going to do a neat bar check. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I toss it to him and take the puzzle. What was it called again, Tanner? Necklace Necklace of of adaptation. Adaptation. Got it. Thank you. And now that I have it, I'll make an Arcana check. (laughs) Sure. Go ahead. Okay, um, that's a 26. Yeah, so it's a brass disc that, as like you're you're fiddling with it, you realize that it it can unfold into a sphere that has markings all around the outside, with each marking corresponding to a different type of spell that can be cast from it. Oh. Uh, You know that this is an astromancy archive. Astro... And uh, it basically functions as a spell book um, for the purposes of casting augury, divination, find the path, foresight, locate creature, and locate object. <laughs> Jesus. It has three charges that you can expend to cast those spells. Okay, cool. And then it, and it has some other, other little abilities as well. As I sit there just holding on to it, being like, I made the better trade. Then I set off a fart cloud. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah. so, so I think the only thing that uh, there's there's a magic shield and a, a potion case. Who's going to take it? Merrick is going to be like, uh, if, if you guys aren't going to. I mean, I could. Ne- never mind. It was a silly idea. What? <laughs> Nothing. 
You guys do you. I mean, if no one was yep. going to take it. Give him the shield. I, Ooh. I, Ravnus, does Ravnus care? Uh, no, Ravnus doesn't want the yeah, shield. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shield's his. Merrick will unhook his like kind of battered normal wooden shield and just like yeet. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, old friend. Yeah, so Merrick now has a battering shield, which is funny because it's like as big as he is. <laughs> gives him plus one bonus to ac in addition to the normal shield bonus and additionally the shield has three charges and regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn when you're holding the shield and push a creature within your reach at least five feet away you can expend one charge to push that creature an additional 10 feet away knock it prone or both nice so merrick can now just yeet people across the battlefield well that'll help when he gets kidnapped again <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and then the last thing is I open uh, the case the potion box. Yeah, so you pick it up and your heart kind of drops a little bit as you kind of picked it up and shift it and you hear shifting broken glass. Okay, mm but you open it and you see that there's like the suspended plank kind of like in the middle with like the holes drilled in it to hold potion vials, and all of them are broken except for one. Okay, uh, is the one that's not broken labeled? It is, but the label is long since faded. Of course, I take that shit. This is my last ditch potion is how I'm labeling it. If things look <laughs> nasty, then I take this potion. <laughs> so the liquid itself is kind of like a pale yellow color with like streaks of black kind of swirling around inside of it. Okay. Bumblebee potion. Uh, is there this is the inside lined with like a, any sort of lining like velvet or anything? No. Okay. It looks like it was a, a pretty utilitarian case. Just a wooden sort of box. Yep. It was like it was like an alchemist. Like he had brewed these potions and was delivering them somewhere. Okay. Uh, and this was like the carrying case for it. Uh, okay. All right. Got it. You're not giving me a chance to suck all the juice out of the velvet and get like seven <laughs> random potions effects at once. <laughs> Roll on the wild magic table. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> all right. So Marco. You yes. were kind of looking around to try and figure out what could have possibly collected all of this stuff here. And you don't really see any sign around the room. But as you kind of poke your head out into like the open terrace plaza, uh, you hear just a deep breathing sound, slow and rhythmic. And as like you kind of lean out a little bit further on one of these exhale breaths you catch a chill and you actually watch as uh, snow across the terrace kind of blows up leaving a gleam of ice and you look to your right to see a sleeping white dragon curled around the base of this tower oh. <laughs> Marco looks out takes a second turns around walks back to the group and just says Oh, we may have fucked up. <laughs> As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. 
On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names in contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to your favorite romance podcast, here to keep your heart aflame with only the most passionate stories of love. On this season's enticing edition, a queer cat and mouse story surrounded by romantic flowers and drenched in tension. A gentle, sapphic tale of an impassioned art collective of lesby snakes in a cozy den and a trial of animated attraction and nightly courtship to discover if love can truly be found in a dating sim. Warm up, snuggle in, and embrace romance on this season of Fables Around the Table, Candlelight. ProjectDerailed.com